Vibrant. 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 Music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music, music teachers. teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nigra Canton, and in today's episode, we're talking about creating piano mashups. If you want the accompanying article for this episode, you can find that at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash 138. Hey there, wonderful teachers. Today's show is all about piano mashups. It's about taking multiple songs and mashing them together, creating a mixture of those songs with your students. This is a really fun activity, and I know you're going to love diving into it if you haven't done this before. Even if you have, I hope that this step-by-step process that I'm sharing with you today will help you see something that you could change about what you're doing, or maybe help you to give me some tips about a step that you think could be made even better. As always, if you have thoughts about today's show, I would love to hear from you, so make sure to get in touch with me. The best place to do that is either on Instagram by tagging me at Colourful Keys with your thoughts about the show, or in our Facebook group, which is called Vibrant Music Studio Teachers. And of course, members of Vibrant Music Teaching can find me inside the membership forums. Let's start with the basics about piano mashups, though, this whole idea. What do I even mean by creating a piano mashup? By this, I simply mean mixing multiple songs together. So in a way this is like a medley, but maybe when we use the word mashup it's normally a bit more relaxed, a bit more informal in nature. I would tend to think of a medley as something that is published and put together very very carefully, whereas this is something that is arranged by the person performing it and they don't necessarily write it down. So those are loose terms of course, they're not definitions, but that's how I'm using the term piano mashup. When you create a piano mashup with your students, you have so many opportunities for wonderful learning with them. Creating a piano mashup can help your students to develop their ears if you do it the way that I'm going to describe. It can also help them to understand things like key signatures, scales and chords, form, especially of pop music if that's what you end up covering, so things like choruses and verses and bridges. And genres of music can help to diversify their experience, again, if you do it the way that I'm describing here. It can help them to branch out and listen to things that they wouldn't normally listen to, and listen in a more in-depth way. Cultivate their active listening skills when it comes to music. This is something that's so important for all performers and something that is often really lacking in our young students. They don't listen properly. They don't listen carefully to music. I'm not talking about to instructions, by the way. I mean, their music listening is not active. They're not thinking about the actual music that they're listening to. And this project can help them with that. Now, this is not something you're going to do in one lesson. If your student already knew a few songs and you wanted to put them together during a lesson, you could maybe do that with a student who's further along. But if you're talking about a student who's starting from scratch, and especially if it's a student who isn't that far along, then following this process will take you several weeks. 
and it will take a substantial portion of lesson time. So this is one of those things that I do as a special project, occasionally, not something that I do really regularly. But if your student ends up loving this process and this is their whole thing, then you might end up doing it much more regularly with those particular students. As always, I'm all about giving students lots of different experiences, opening all the doors, as I say, so that they can walk through whichever one suits them eventually and have all those opportunities open to them. So this isn't about making master arrangers or amazing mashup creators, it's about the possibility. So let's get started. What's step one? Well, step one is to simply choose some songs. You need to know what your student is going to be learning and what songs they're going to be mashing together. Now, I did this as a project in my studio last term, and the way I did it was with the theme of dedication. I love opportunities to bring my students together with the community and help make musical connections. And so that was a side theme, I guess, or an important secondary theme in this project for me. So what I did was I asked my students to ask three people they know for their five favorite songs or five of their favorite songs is a better way to phrase it so that people don't feel pressured to come up with the most amazing options. So five of their favorite songs from three people. So this is not the students' favorite songs. And I had this theme of dedication, meaning they were going to learn these songs for these three other people. They weren't doing this just to learn music that they love, that's great too, but they were going to learn music that people they loved, love, and play it for them, and play it in this unique way where we're mashing some of their relationships together, their their musical relationships, as it were, together. So the important part is not the number three, actually, here. It's the number five. Even if you get just two people to share their recommendations, or even if you get your student to request certain things that they want to learn, that's absolutely fine. But what you need is options. So I asked for three people's five favorites, not five people's one favorites, right? Or whatever. You want to have a selection from any person you ask, because you're going to get some that you listen to it, and there's just no way you can you can put it on the piano in a way that it'll sound good. So it'll be like just mostly drums, or it's so synthy and so low that there's just no chance of it sounding decent. Or it's something where it's mostly a singer and there's not a lot of accompaniment. And the singer is a really great singer who can carry a melody that has basically two notes, <laughs> which a lot of pop music does. And it, it's a testament to that singer's abilities, right? Actually, he has not their, their singing range but their intonation and everything, that they can sing that and it can sound fantastic to someone. Maybe not always to you, but to someone. And yet they're just singing do, re, do, re, do, or something, right? So the, you put that on a piano and it's just not going to sound very good. So you want those options. That's the key here. Even if you're asking just for your students' recommendations, ask them for their top 10 or top 5 always, rather than just the favourite. What do you want to learn right now? Because you need choice. So once you have those to choose from, it's time to choose. 
And you can leave it up to the student first. So I would go through those songs with my students. If you're doing this in the lesson, just play the first few seconds of each song if they don't know them so that they can get a sense of it. Often they'll listen to the first 10 seconds of an intro and go, oh yeah, I do know that. Mum plays that all the time at Red House. That's why she's written it on the list, right? So just as a reminder, listening to a few seconds of each song, or if they don't know it, maybe a tiny bit more, but if you listen to the whole thing of each one, it's going to be a lot. So maybe assign that for at home if that's going to be the case. And then I ask them for their favorite out of those. Now, this is where you need to use your relationship with them. And if they say, oh, my favorite is this one, and it's, you know, just a drummer or just do, re, do, re, do, then you're going to say, yeah, that is a cool song. Actually, it's not going to sound super amazing on the piano. So is there any other one that you like? A lot of the time they will naturally gravitate towards the ones with a strong tune anyway, or a chord pattern that they can hear would be good on the piano. So they choose one of each of those three lists in my case, and we get started. And this is where Tim Topham's advice, which I heard from him years and years ago, probably before we even knew each other personally, which is to make sure to ask your student which bit of a song they want to learn. This is such an important step and so easy to miss with pop because their favorite part of the song could be the chorus. It could be the bridge that happens in much later or it could be the intro. But if you don't ask them that, you're going to start most likely at the wrong bit because you're going to start at the start. And the thing about this project is you're not going to learn the whole thing in most cases. You're just going to learn a bit of it. So you need to learn the bit that they actually want to learn. Sounds silly, but it's easy to miss that step. So make sure to check which bit they want to learn. If it's a chorus, jump right to there and start figuring it out. Now you can absolutely teach these songs to your students by rote or using sheet music if that's how you want to approach this project. But I think this is the perfect opportunity to work on their playing by ear skills. That's another reason though why this project did take quite a few weeks in my studio because playing by ear takes time and you want to give your students space to try and figure out as much as they can themselves. So that will make it take longer, but I believe it's going to be even more valuable for this particular project to play in that way. My students mostly read music, that's the large bulk of what they do, but I want them to be able to, or not even be able to, but to know that there's a possibility of just stabbing at notes until you find the right one. So that's the basic playing by ear process and you can go back and check out our specific resources on how to play by ear, how to teach playing by ear because we have a whole article about that. So you just stab at the notes and you do it together and you keep guiding them and asking questions until they've figured out the three bits of the three songs, right? So the bit of each song that they want to learn and add a simple left hand if you can, or just have them play it in unison if there's really nothing else going on and there's just a melody, or you have chords and a bass line. It depends on the situation. But you figure out something that sounds good on the piano from each song. Now, once you have those three bits of songs, you're on to step three. And this is where we make things easier for step four. <laughs> but also where we learn a lot about key. So here's what you're going to do. 
you're going to first work out the original key of each song together. Now, my process for doing this isn't an exact science, but it works well for young students, so I'll describe it to you here. Feel free to do this your way, or just tell them the key if that's what you prefer to do. But I like to have them figure it out, so here's how I do it. I ask them to first name all the notes that are used in the melody, if there is one, or in the chord pattern, if that's what we're working with. Name all of the notes that are used once. Okay? And then put them in a row. So they have a pattern, and it goes something like C sharp, E, F sharp, A, B. Maybe there's only a few notes in the song, right? So you have those notes, C sharp, E, F sharp, A, B. Now here's the question. which scale does that match the best? And we don't have a G or a D, so we don't know if they're sharp. So we really have three possibilities here. We play that as a scale, and the first thing I would have them do, assuming they know the relevant scales, I would have them play the, a bit of the melody and then play the E scale, play a bit of melody and then play the, what are the other possibilities, <laughs> sorry, D scale, Play a bit of melody and then play A, right? So those are the three options. D, E, A. Now, which one sounds like it fits the best? Sometimes this is immediately apparent. And of course, it could be minor, right? But they're still going to sound like they fit if it's the relative. So see which one fit seems like it fits. Because a lot of the time, just playing that D sharp, it'll immediately sound blech to them. And they'll know that doesn't work. It's not in E, right? If that doesn't work, Here's what you do as a backup option. Have them play the melody, still with those three choices in mind or whatever you came up with. Play the melody and then pretend it's the ending of the piece and play a low E. Play the melody, pretend it's the ending again and play a low A. Repeat, end on D, okay? So you're just pretending it's the end. It doesn't have to be the end of the piece. They can even play just a tiny bit of the melody if it's a long one. Doing this, the question that I'd ask afterwards is, which one sounds like we came home? Right, for students who don't yet know what a tonic is, which one sounds like we came home? Or if it's minor, you would use the relative minor, by the way. And then that's the one. That normally comes up with the answer. If it is in a weird key or if it's modal or something, you might have to step in and tell them what's going on. Once you've found the key for each piece, you're going to find those on the Circle of Fifths, so use your favourite Circle of Fifths graphic. Or if you're a member, you can download one from our Circle of Fifths pack in the library. So we circle the three, or point out the three different keys that we have. And the first question is, are there two which are already neighbours? So say you have a C major and an A minor. Okay, they're already beside each other. And then you have a B major. Well, you're going to transpose that to C major. You're aiming to get them as close together as you can. If you already have ones that are relatively close, but they're not direct relatives, so say you have a C major and a D minor, I might leave that on D minor. That's still pretty close by. It's going to be relatively easy to connect those. But if they're far away in the circle of fifth, you talk about to your student about how the puzzle pieces are going to fit together more easily if our keys are close together on the circle of fifths. And then you transpose them. Now, if you have three that are on completely opposite sides, if they're sort of equidistant across the circle, then you're going to have to move two of them to be closer to the 
one of them. And if that's the case, I suggest you move them towards the one that was the most difficult to learn. So normally there'll be one of them that was a bit technically challenging to learn. Go towards that one. If none of them are any more difficult than the other in terms of technically, like to actually play, then I would just move towards the longest one as a general rule. You want to move the least amount of music, right? While still learning about transposing. So you transpose one or two of the pieces of music and get them to practice that so that they get really comfortable playing it in the new key. Next step is to create your mashup. So we did all of that so that this step would be easier. You're going to simply find a connecting spot, a place to connect the two songs. So I tend to ask my students here which song they want to put first. They'll tend to have a preference about which one goes in the intro. So I'll ask them which one they would like to put first. We'll start with that. And then we'll find a spot in that song where it plays notes that are in the next song that we want to go to. So say, you know, there's a DE in the middle and the other song has a DE. Great, then we connect them at that spot. And that DE from one song turns into the DE from the other song, right? So they overlap at that point. There's not two notes in a row, of course, it's fine to do with one. Even if there isn't any, aren't any notes overlapping, of course, you can still find a way to connect them just where they go close together. But this is really why we put them into closely related keys, because it makes for the easiest transition for a beginner, early intermediate student. If you want to get into key changes and all sorts of fun tricks here, go for it. This is not the only way to do a mashup. It's just a simple method that works for my beginner, intermediate students. And more advanced students can get creative with this on their own and use their own pieces as inspiration. Now, we connect song A and song B and then song C like this. And then I like them to return to one of the first two at the end. I just think it sounds better, basically, if you don't go one, two, three, but if instead you come back to one of the previous ones. You can even come back to two of them or mix them up even more than that if your student is feeling it that way. But at least coming back to one of them, so going song A, B, C, and then back to A or B for the ending tends to sound the best. And then an ending, so it gives them a fun riff to do at the end if you can. If all else fails, especially with beginners, just do a big gliss up the whole piano. That always gives a chuckle to, to young students. Or doing a big arpeggiated pattern or any other little... Yeah, ham it up a bit. That's what I'm saying, basically. Any other little riff for the ending is always a good addition. And the final step, then, is just to polish it. Make sure you spend the time you've put in all this time to put it together. So now take the time to work on it together and really have them practice it. This is when it can start to take up less lesson time. It's more like a standard assignment where they're practicing it and you're giving them feedback and they already do know it pretty well, but they need to get those transitions smooth and it's worth putting in the time to do that. I also love to use this as a concert piece or something that you record a video of to share just with their parents or to share at a virtual concert or anything like that. Or maybe it's one that they want to keep as a long-time show-off piece, right? An anytime, anywhere, anyone piece that they pull out of their back pocket 
at every party they go to to show how amazing they are and maybe tell the people at the party who their piano teacher is who helped them create this. So those are the steps. That's how we put together our piano mashup. I'll run back through them again, but you can also check out the article, of course, at colorfulkeys.ie slash 138 if you want to see this all written down. So step one is to choose the songs. We're asking for requests from friends or family. Remember to ask for multiple songs from each person so that you have a choice and you're not stuck with something unplayable. Then learn their favourite bit of each song. I do this by ear and we work on that together. Then you're going to transpose or tweak each song to make it easier to connect the dots between them. Then you're going to connect those dots using notes that are similar or the same in both pieces. And then finally polish it and celebrate and use it for performances and give them a huge high five because this is such a fun project, but it definitely takes a lot of work and a lot of concentration from them. So it's a big accomplishment. Let me know what you think of this piano mashup idea. And if you have a different way of doing this in your studio, there are so many different possible approaches to this. I'm just sharing one way that worked for us in my studio here. So let me know your thoughts. As I said, you can catch me on Instagram, we're at Colourful Keys, or you can find us in the Facebook group, Vibrant Music Studio Teachers. I would absolutely love to hear from you there, and I'll catch you back here, same time, same place, next week. Bye for now. Vibrant Music Teaching membership costs less than the price of one lesson each month. That is totally worth it for all of the courses, games, resources, downloadables, printables that you can get access to as a member, as well as a fabulous community support you'll find inside. Go to vmt.ninja and become part of the revolution.